No new consoles this week, Matt. I've been I've been searching, combing that beach for for any washed up consoles, but I can't find any more. No, nothing. N- nothing. But maybe we're okay. We've got the the most important video game consoles ever made: the the Dreamcast, the CDI, and the PS4. There was no like Megaducks, no Wonder Swans, no <laughs> no Game Gears, nothing. Nothing handheld uh, that, at all. No, nothing. No, nothing. Nothing this week. I did find some food though. You did. Uh, but you know, all that's going to do is uh, keep us alive. Oh, fuck. It's Who not going to entertain us. Oh God. I mean, can we at least like put the food into the console somehow? Does it do anything? I th- I think we shall try and feed the console and get some more power out of it. Uh, that works. The thing, what we can, how we can upgrade that Dreamcast. Sega missed a trick there. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, they had every other accessory. Why didn't they have, like, some kind of biofuel source? Oh, damn it. Oh, well, let's get into it. It's Tom and Matt Attack. Hello, Matt. Good, Hiya, Tom. good um, day to you. I was going to say good week then. I mean, I could also say that. How was your week? <laughs> My week was okay. Um, you know, the tenth week in lockdown is just beginning, so you know. Oh, it's you. You're in a tenth week. I think we'll be in our seventh week. I th- um, I think we are theoretically tomorrow, in our eighth week of lockdown, but I was home two weeks before that. So. Oh yes. Yeah, so for your lockdown, it's My private slightly hell, yeah. longer. Uh, even though we are sharing this shack on an island and we've been here for exactly the same amount of time. Of course, we're in the same nondescript location. The internet! Totally in the same position. <laughs> yes, exactly. Look, yes. here, Thomas, here's a mug. Uh, Yeah, I can't see that. You d- No, you didn't accept the... Vi- There's no mug, Tom, it's theatre of the mind. What? I'm pretending oh. we're in the same room and I can pass you some in. Shit, don't break the illusion. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, the mug. All right, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you oh, go. I got it. I got it. Have that Here tea. Oh, there we go. Great. Mug, mug full of tea. Uh, games, games, games. That's what we're here for. Games. Uh, you played any games? <laughs> um, I I have played. Well, I mean, uh, other than the obvious, like I I played a bit of FF14. Played a bit of Animal Crossing. No need to talk about those. Done that in length. I have. All sick n- of hearing about Animal Crossing. Well, yeah, no, I I assume you are as a person with no joy <laughs> no, in your soul. No. But, um, I'm having a bit of a joke with you, but I do, I do hear a lot about it. And it's I something I'm not interested do. in. Yeah, It's okay. It's all right. I, I'm it's... interested when you say it, Matt. Oh, dear, I'm digging myself into a hole here. Oh, good save, Tom Parry. Let's talk about <laughs> Animal Crossing for an hour and see how you feel. No, um, Animal Crossing, life goes on. We've we've tidied up our island. We're, we're getting things into place. Now we're almost at the point where we've paid off our houses, both me and my wife. So it's, it's all going good. Um... Yeah, other than that, though, to try and coax us away from Animal Crossing, because that's generally what the Switch is now, that second Switch I bought, is the Animal Crossing machine. I was like, well, let's get some beers in, let's sit down, let's watch a film, and let's play some video games. So we watched Us again, uh, Jordan Peele's I was going to say, did you watch Battle Star Wars? No, I didn't watch Battle Star Wars, unfortunately. Uh, us, yes. Okay. For people who wonder what Battle Star yet. Wars is, give it a Google. Um, 
no, I, I went to our local supermarket and we were like, okay, us, uh, the Jordan Peele film, which I remembered really, really enjoying in the cinema, hmm. uh, was only like a fiver for the Blu-ray. And I was like, well, I'm going to pick that up. I watched it again. And like Marta, my wife, didn't enjoy it. And she was like, what did you enjoy about that movie? And I was like, well, the first time I thought there was a lot more going on. And then on the second watch, it didn't land as hard for me. I was like, oh, maybe maybe it was just a one-and-done film, which I didn't feel with uh, Get Out, his first movie. But I still like Us. I still think it's a really cool movie. If you haven't seen it, I think you should. Um, we have a sealed copy on our uh, DVD shelf, uh, but I'm waiting till I see Claire again to watch it with her. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it? She's seen it already, but she's the one who picked it up. It would feel weird watching it on my own. I well, know. I mean, you know, if she's already seen it, it puts you on a level playing field, surely. But yeah, no, I, I suppose, I suppose so. I guess it's also just the atmosphere. Like we watched it in the house, like quite far away from the TV. Like you haven't got that audience around you, and like oh, at stuff that's happening. We were just the two right. of us. Do you I know what know. though? What are we doing? We're talking about films. What what we game are. did you play? Sorry, that evening. Yeah, um, because of that. So after the after the. The disappointment for my wife that was us. She doesn't like horror films, by the way, so I had to really sell this movie to her. Oh, right. Okay. Even though, like, she wasn't that freaked out by the horror stuff, she did think it was a creepy movie. She was like, well, you know, like, I just don't think it was that good. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I maybe agree on the second watch, which is a bit of a shame, because I thought that movie was a bit of a masterpiece on my first. So then we were like, okay, cool. I had run down in the middle of the day because I'd seen an article on Kotaku about a new game from Team 17. Um, not developed by them, developed by a studio called Dev M Games. Um, mm. I'm not sure where they're from. I'm just going to quickly well, check this page. Team 17, they've had a lot of success publishing indie titles as of late, haven't they? Um, I think Overcooked would be a, a standout. Yes, and I mean... And we... uh, the um, Escapists. Is it Escapists? The Escapists, yeah. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, they yeah. also did, like, they did, they've done loads of stuff, haven't they, recently, Team 17? They did Flockers and a few yeah. other bits and bobs yeah. here and there. But I think definitely Overcooked and Escapists has been the most successful uh, next to Worms. Yeah, for sure. I mean, o- oh, I Overcooked is a bit of a masterpiece in my eyes. It's one of my favourite games of the last 10 years. I have Wowzers. many a fond memory of sitting down and playing four-player Overcooked, despite how stressful that game can be. I think it's brilliant. Obviously, in quarantine times, there are there's just the two of us. And yes, I know you can play Overcooked 2 online, but that's not really the same experience. Uh, I like being in a room with the people I'm playing it with. It is the perfect couch co-op game if you're in sync with people. I find it very stressful. I don't like playing it, really. I love it. Maybe it's more doses. I love that stress. I think it's so good. I, I think <laughs> the tension. But I, the thing is, like the tension of it is amazing. Like if you are with someone who's not very good at overcooked, it can be quite frustrating. Yeah. But if I'm not very good at overcooked, if you're okay at overcooked, if you understand the concept well, and like you I can play it with the people, then it can be a really rewarding experience to like be racing against a timer and going, okay, we were two plates short. Come on, we can do this. We can do this. Right, I'm gonna chop the tomatoes. You do this. I think I struggle to get into it. I think yeah. it's like just a game, a bit of fun. Oh, no, Tom. you take it too seriously, eh? No, but that that's the fun. <laughs> that's the fun of being serious yeah, with know. other people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's there's Overcooked, and as a result of Overcooked coming out, I saw it and was like, oh, moving out, interesting. This looks like a a two person version of Overcooked. You can't play it with more. Essentially, What's what the moving out of is. Moving out? Is as it says, you are a a team of movers 
and you are looking to help you were looking to help people move by getting all of their stuff out of their house into the back of a van and you generally do it with very silly physics and quite rubbery characters so the whole thing is... You... Oh, it's one of them silly physics games. Yeah, kind of. Like, mixed with the Overcook, like, hey, you need to cooperate. But I was not too impressed with it, uh, I have to say. We sat down, and I, this isn't a thing about, like, the version of it. It runs fine on a Switch. It's totally okay. It's just needlessly fiddly, and kind of like the the silliness of the characters is nice aesthetically, but when you're playing the game, it can be quite frustrating. So admittedly, we ended up just having to, a Joy-Con each. We ended up playing it with just a Joy-Con each, as you can do with games like Overcooked. And you needed to hold everything with the right button on the buttons, which would be the circle on a PS4 controller. You needed to hold stuff. And then you needed to also hold in square and let them go at the same time to throw stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it felt a bit cumbersome. Yeah. So that, my wife was just like, yeah, but how do I, like, even on this small controller, how do I press these two buttons at the same time to, to launch these things? I was like, oh, you just, I said, I just use my thumb. I said, I just kind of put my thumb across, which she was just like, yeah, but that feels really weird as someone who doesn't play video games a lot. And I was like, okay, that's fair. And then we were running around the environment and trying to grab stuff with the circle button equivalent on the Switch. It just didn't feel nice. It felt okay. it felt like fumbly in a way that, yeah, I guess that's part of the aesthetic, but like it didn't feel nice to play. You kind of expect the controls to be quite tight, which you get mm. with Overcooked. Like Overcooked has got that like, ah, I'm running around, jetting around a kitchen Oh, absolutely. Feel. Yeah, yeah. He's got nailed it. Yeah. But the the way the characters control and the way you like pick up objects and stuff is so precise because the rest of the game is bonkers hmm. that it's just a bit too wishy washy in places. God, look at that okay. description. I think I, I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was... I, don't, I don't. I don't like the sound of it from what you we've described. No, and it, it's uh, a shame. I, don't like, I like something to be a bit direct in the game. A party game like that has to be direct. Has to be easy to pick up and play. For those who don't play a lot of video games as well, that's the idea of a party game, isn't it? It's also just a bit too fiddly. Like, you have to cram all of your stuff onto a moving van. Like, that's the equivalent of, like, delivering your order in Overcooked. So you have this delivery van, and it's got, like, at least in the levels we played, we literally played two before my wife said, I can't play this, and we just turned it off because she was too frustrated with it, which is not good. Overcooked, she got into immediately. Do you think there's just... Maybe a difficulty curve there, some sort of hurdle that you have to get over, and then you know, it's I, more no, playable. honestly, I just think it's too fiddly for its own good. And like, we were just on okay. a basic level where you're going out of a house and throwing shit on a van, we weren't even doing any of like the crazy stuff where there's moving platforms and things. We just couldn't even, like, there were objects like tables, so like a round topped table, like a, quite a heavy object with a small base. But mm. because the game had physics and the moving van is on an incline, yeah. they would just fall out of the van all the time. Ooh. And that meant you had to try and like throw the furniture into the van and hope it landed. But because of the yeah. physics and because it had a round top, it would just roll off. And we were like, oh, fuck this. Like, the, the game didn't meet you halfway. It's just like, you should just be able to throw the stuff into the van 
Like, the van shouldn't be a physical space. The van should just be, like, a closed van. And once you throw the stuff into yeah. the van, it's in the van. But there's, like, this weird kind of, like, Tetrisy. You know, like, when you move uh, physically, you have yeah, to, like, yeah, figure I know. out where stuff should go into a van. How to pack it into the van most effectively to fit everything in there, yeah? Yeah, but fuck that. It's a video game. I don't want that. I've already had to figure out how to get it out of the house, and I'm against the timer, and the controls yeah. aren't very good. I don't know, man. Like, for sound a game... like a lot to consider. Much like Battle Star Wars, Tom, I thought the trailer for Moving Out was very good, but then when I actually played the finished product... I was left wanting. I'm sure that won't be the case yeah, and the proof, Star Wars. The proof is in <laughs> the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? It is. And, uh, in this case, the pudding isn't that tasty. No, the or pudding is fine. The the pudding just kind of you opened the top of it and then the bottom fell out and then you had pudding all over your lap and you're like, well, what do I do with this? I guess I should clean it up. <laughs> there but you go. It's also delicious. That's Matt Ball's review of moving out. It does have a nice logo though. Hey man, aesthetically that game is great. <laughs> I love some of the character design. There's like, admittedly, it clearly borrows a lot from Overcooked. I should say. So, yeah. But yeah, it's like, a lovely looking pudding. It is. Yeah. Least. You know the it's packaging been is great. Well. But you know, yeah, as you say, got a layer pudding. of icing sugar on the top. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, maybe it's got some like little, little crumbly biscuit bits as well. You know, some little mm. nom noms. But no, don't eat that pudding, Tom. Well, let's um, cleanse our palate and talk about a game which actually is a lot better, and it's been released in all major formats uh, this last week, and that would be Streets of Rage 4. Have you oh to play my it? god, I completely forgot Streets of Rage 4 came out. Wow. And by the way, I probably paid about 15 quid for that game. I could have got Streets of Rage. Shit. Never mind. Yeah, I'm not sure how much Streets of Rage is. I can't remember. But uh, yeah. It's um, it's good. They have succeeded in delivering a sequel that uh, is, you know, a step forward, but also yeah. feels a throwback. like such a rage. You know, it it it's yeah. They've really considered um, what they wanted this game to be, and they really wanted to give audiences that same feeling, but with some innovation. So um, I think they've ticked all the boxes. Okay. Saying that, um, I haven't got exceedingly far in it. Is it hard? Um, I can only go on my first impressions of the game. I, I've I haven't beat level two yet. Really? Wow. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't played it a lot. I've had a lot to uh, cover these last few days since it came out. So um, I just played a little bit before the podcast, uh, recording some gameplay footage for a video. Yeah. Um, playing as one of the new characters, Cherry, who is the daughter of Adam from okay. um, the original Streets of Rage, and uh, she's got a guitar. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Um, so basically, you've got your... Um, <laughs> she's got a guitar. That's cool. She uses it as a weapon. Uh, she's a unique character. This is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we both clearly wordsmiths this morning. We've but, clearly um, been able to describe things. Initially, I had to try out Axel. Yeah. Um, and Blaze, uh, the returning uh, original character. I think Adam is in there as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but... Very, very successful uh, gameplay, uh, emphasis on combos and a lot of the, I think the replayability and the extra challenge you can give yourself is, you know, uh, getting those combos going as high as possible because it's possible to get some very stringing together the combos. There we go. My, my words are coming out now. Yeah. Um, 
and with a mix of special moves and this if you use like one of your um, more powerful attacks that you drain some of your energy if you then manage to do enough damage after doing that move you can heal your energy okay basically so so there's some new mechanics in play to sort of modernize the genre okay that's just cool. a little bit yeah nice so it nice rewards levels. combos then by doing that yeah yeah it certainly yeah it certainly rewards puts an emphasis on you doing combos and everything yeah. kind of flows together very nicely yeah i i have to admit it has been a long time since i've played streets of rage even so much as i know what axel looks like but like i was having to of course think axel of the looks a bit different head. nowadays you he's know, got he's a bandana been... right he looks more like he's putting a bit away he's got a beard yeah yeah, yeah. he's he's more like hunky ryu hasn't he got like isn't he <laughs> yeah yeah now? yeah he's that's like he's quite right um so what did Streets of Rage? Streets of Rage allowed you to pick up weapons, right? Is that a returning yeah. thing? You can still do that, of course. Despite you can still pick up weapons, yeah. You can despite throw you're weapons having a guitar, also. you can still pick up weapons. Oh yeah, yeah. That's just unique to uh, the Cherry character. You have okay. the guitar, and usually that that comes into play when you do your more powerful attack that drains a bit of your energy, and so okay. electrical sparks fly out of the guitar. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so good, good um, range of characters, nice creative uh, special attacks for each one, uh, nice bunch of enemies, some unique weapons. There's a taser in it now, uh, which is a bit different. I don't think there's anything like that in the first one. Of course, yeah. usual knives or um, lead pipes. Yeah. Uh, the, the things you expect from a side-scrolling uh, beat-em-up. But there's something that... It all comes down to how well it plays, and the gameplay is very satisfying, very addictive, and very rewarding. Yeah. Um, it feels fair, also. You know, I, I don't think on its normal setting it's easy, which it shouldn't be, should yeah. it? <laughs> it should be challenging enough, and it, and it certainly is. I think there seems to be a good balance in the difficulty from what I've played so far. As I say, it just seems to be ticking all the boxes. There's nothing really that I've experienced in the game so far that's made me think. Hmm. I mean, the fact that when I turned it on, I went for arcade mode, and I can only do story mode. But yeah. then again, arcade mode is a mode where you play on one credit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, it's a li- it's a little bit different. Story mode just has a cutscene between the levels, basically, yeah. and it's a short cutscene. It helps to establish the world and the characters. And uh, okay? Mister X, the villain of Streets of Rage, has had these uh, twins, and they've taken over from him, and they're causing trouble. And uh, yeah, of course. You and the, the the gang take down the bad guys. Is it like comparable to the way that? Um, oh gosh, what was I going to say? The Street Fighter cutscenes. Like, are they like the Street Fighter Five cutscenes where you just get that little bit in between fights? Sometimes is it like that or Street Fighter Five cutscenes? I I still remember in the story mode of Street Fighter Five. There's cutscenes. Oh no! Shit. Sorry, I'm not. It's been so long since I played that. They're still they're, they're still images. Uh, well, sometimes animated. Um, okay, so it's more comparable fully... to the things in Alpha then. Like when occasionally in Alpha you would have like Ryu run into Sakura and it would just have like a little bit of text. Like I know I know you're saying it's a full screen thing. It's more like the ending of Street Fighter. I'm just trying to figure out. What it's it more is. like the cutscenes in uh, Streets of Rage uh, Three, if you're familiar with that. You know, I you've am... got a still image, maybe partially animated, maybe the camera pans across it, and it just uh, gives you a little bit of, uh, you know, insight and dialogue into uh, story progression. It's, it's just the bare bones what you'd expect from okay. um, 
So something you were into then, because it's not like trying to establish the long storied <laughs> history of what's happening. Well, I think Axel. it knows that. Yeah, it knows that Streets of Rage isn't really a story-driven game, but it does actually spend a bit more time with the story in this one than yeah. in previous games. Now, speaking I think of things, three did a little bit of that, but I, I, yeah. like honestly, like I, I remember playing a bit of three because it was in that massive Mega Drive lot I bought, and I remember it being yeah. a good game, that's why I've kept it. But I also remember yeah. it being really friggin' hard, which is why. I'm not okay, yeah, three it. is hard. Um, I think three. It's a bit of a black sheep because it's one I didn't play a lot because people don't seem to talk about it much. They don't rate it very highly. However, three did innovate quite a lot. You know, yeah. everyone, I think every character could run in that game, which was I think new for the the franchise. It's very fast. Yeah, Streets of Rage three we're talking about now, um, and the the soundtrack is quite experimental yeah. and quite interesting actually. Um, I think in its own way, it's. It's comparable to Streets of Rage 2 soundtrack, but a little bit more experimental. I need to get Streets of Rage 1 and 2. I don't own those games, and it seems to be no. the glaring hole in my Mega Drive collection. But I'd yeah. get one of their Mega Drive uh, compilations. Uh, I've been playing Streets of Rage 3 on the Sega Vintage Collection for Xbox 360. Yeah. That's a very solid collection. You can play the different regional variations, because 3, uh, in Japanese, has a lot more content than it does um, in other versions. Oh, so. really? That's yeah, yeah. There, there's, I think there's an extra character. There's extra cutscenes. The characters are different colours. I think their colour palettes were changed for the uh, Western release as well. So there's enough there to warrant playing uh, Bare Knuckle 3 as opposed to Streets of Rage 3. 3. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'll check that out. I'm To be honest with you, now you're talking about this, I'm like, I've got River City Girls downloaded um, mm. From way forward, that I've been meaning to play for ages. I wanted to get Streets of Rage Four. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll have a dabble in the pools of side-scrolling beat 'em ups. It's been a while. Yeah, I think if you like the genre, then you're gonna lap up Streets of Rage Four. And even if you haven't played a 2D side-scrolling beat 'em up for a while, it's accessible enough to just jump right in there. Yeah, uh, and with enough challenge for those who are really into the genre as well, especially with the, the various difficulty levels. And I just want to say about the presentation for one as well. Um, Lizard Cube, I think, are those. Uh, it's it's Dot EMU, Lizard Cube, and Garcrush Games who have co-developed this together. That style that they first showed on um, Wonder Boy and Dragon's Trap it carries over yeah. the stylistic approach to the game You've, you must have seen the screenshots and such and what's nice about it, it also got a layer of lighting to it as well right and the stages actually have a particular atmosphere about them there's nice variation um the first uh, stage is yeah on the street second stage you're inside a uh, a police uh, office what do you call that police station police station a police yeah. office God. a police office a police station <laughs> well <laughs> there is office officer, areas of the police pol not a police office yeah 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 there is uh, an office area the police station is also the jail cells and such and uh, so far at least um nice uh, variation in the um and detail to the environments too and i say as i said lighting is particularly particularly nice it's a shame i can't talk about more of the game because i just haven't had the time to really it's play okay. through the whole thing but my first impressions are particularly Positive. strong and if you only have to look online to see that uh, the game's been getting fantastic reviews so um i'm fairly uh, i'm comforted in the fact that uh, people are talking about it so highly i think there's a good experience to be had there well you know tom i mean 
I think the real thing that people want to know, you should be able to answer because you've probably yeah. played about equal amounts of both games. The last uh-huh. time that we saw a classic 16-bit uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up brought to life on a on a on a current-gen console, all right, um, was of course Final Fight Streetwise. How does Streets of Rage Four Final compare Fight to Final Street Fight Wise. Streetwise? Um, Capcom's PS2 well, entry. Into I think the Final uh, Fight Double Dragon Double Dragon Neon would be a much better comparison there. But no, Tom, because fi- that's a good game. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That one. Uh, Final Fight Streetwise. I remember quite liking the game, even though it's you know it's a 3D fighting game. It's okay. Beat 'em up. Fair enough. It's better than Spike Out. Okay. Uh, Final Fight Streetwise is better than Spike Out. Uh, <laughs> Double Dragon Neon is better than both of them, and Streets of Rage Four is better than all of those. Oh, interesting! I like. So there you. <laughs> I like Double Dragon Neon. So that's that's a good, yeah. It's that's a great a good... game. Lot of style to that as well. Okay, good. Well, that's... but there's something in that playability, uh, the gameplay, the feel of the game, the connection between the player and the character, and the... it's spot on. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, I haven't really played anything else i have purchased some games this week uh at bargain prices oh um, yes i also have been picking up games on the switch at bargain prices i'll yeah. tell you in a moment um i i went to uh, a hot an electronic store here in El, in denmark called el giganten it's quite similar to like a curry's or something back home it sells a bit of everything yeah they yeah, you got you got your um, vacuum cleaners in there, your computers, your video games, your blenders, your toasters, your all you could microwaves. want. Um, and <laughs> I I happened to go in there. I I can't even remember. There was a specific reason we went in there, other than I wanted to have a look for Sakura Wars, which I knew they wouldn't have. We went in there for something. I think it was around coffee machines. I can't quite remember. There was something Another, we were yeah we were looking at. Another new. Sega release, Streets of Rage and Sakura Wars coming out together, pretty much. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I was like, okay, I've I've long been curious about the Sakura Wars franchise. Annoyingly, though, um, we're getting to the point in Denmark, as I will explain in a minute, where we're not, where we don't really have any game shops anymore. Like slowly but surely, mm. the last of the game shops is dying off. And I was like, okay, this the, this would never have struck me as a game that El Giganten would have stocked. Because Al Giganten, much like a Curry's or a PC World or whatever, would only get in stuff like Call of Duty and Pokemon and, you know, the the big games you would tend to see in a Tesco's or something like that. like FIFA. S- FIFA, supermarket-level games. Even though they have had limited edition consoles, they've been the place to go. Like when the Death Stranding PS4 came out, that was Al Giganten and... You, they do get a lot of like bundles and stuff on the bigger games, but again, it's because the bigger games are probably the ones that get the bundles, right? It's not like you're getting yeah. a, a a Picross Four Switch anytime soon. Sure. Like, um. Anyway, we went in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. It's gonna come into a point I'm gonna talk about in a second, though it'll make sense. Uh, they had a load of games in like a discount bin and I was like, oh, this is something you never really see in Al Giganten. Usually they have... And you some... get very excited when that happens. Yeah, Ooh, exactly, because they, in. they just put everything at really ridiculously low prices and it always yeah. has been the case. And... Get rid. This isn't FIFA. This isn't Call of Duty. Get rid. Get rid. Yeah. People didn't buy it. Uh, 
Valkyria Chronicles 4, um, the Sega RPG Sega. came out. <laughs> yeah, I know, we're talking a lot about Sega recently. Uh, the game that came out, God, uh, sometime last year, the end of last year, I'd long been curious. Yeah. I've heard it is a return to the form of the first Valkyria Chronicles, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, you did. I remember you playing that. And so I was like, oh, great. I'll grab that. How much is it? And then I picked it out, and it was like two quid for a sealed copy of Valkyrie Chronicles. Yeah, 20 crow. 20 kroner. kroner. Yeah, probably about three pounds. I was like, I'll go on then. (laughs) So I picked that up. Yeah, wow. For a brand new PS4 game, that's pretty good. Well, it seems to be selling for about 24, 25 pounds on Amazon at the moment. So I guess maybe it didn't sell that well, but like for fucking three quid. I'll buy that game every day of the week. Um, it's got a following, though. I imagine it didn't do that badly. Oh, I'm sure it did well. Like I'm sure yeah. in Japan, especially, it did really good. Yeah. Ironically, they had... Um, oh, gosh, what is it? Valkyria? It's been out a while, though, hasn't it? It's not yeah, like, it has. It, out it, came out, it came out last year. But they had yeah. the the weird, like, um, Koei Tecmo-esque Valkyria game as well. Um, okay. I think that might be called oh gosh i've forgotten the name of it is that some sort of dynasty warriors type yeah from from what i hear and it's not supposed to be very good um that was 200 kroner so i left that one which i don't get because that game's very far far too rich for my blood exactly um yeah so i picked that up for 20 kroner which was absolutely awesome i'll tell you how much 20 kroner is in pound sterling right now how much £2.35. Pence. £2.35 pence for a brand new <laughs> factory-sealed PS4 game that yeah. I hear is very good. Um, Tom Parry, while, I, while I'm babbling, tell me the Metacritic score for Valkyria Chronicles 4. because I That assume... means I have to type Valkyria. I know, but I can keep uh, talking while you're doing so because I'll have to... Like... Oh, yeah, it's actually not too hard to type. It's as you, no. as you think it's spelled. <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, so, oh yes, wow. Um, meta, Metacritic, you say? Yes. Um, all right. It's going to require an extra bit of typing. Hang on. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. I'm doing Matt's dirty work for him here. You are. Uh, so, Valkyria Chronicles 4, it is a meta score of 84, a user score of 8. Look at that. 10. A solid game. That's a pretty high, um, highly reviewed game. For two yeah, pounds thirty-four pence, exactly. Yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah, so very solid actually. I grabbed that. That was nice. Uh, then yesterday, to finally get out of the house because stores and stuff are starting to reopen here in Denmark, which is nice to see. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, though, it generally means... yeah, El Giganten's open. Wow. Okay. I mean, El Giganten was always open. El Giganten never closed. Oh, because people need their uh, hoovers. Their white Hoover goods, as they're called in Denmark. <laughs> their hoovers and their cookers. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if you're stuck in your house and your cooker goes... That's right. And if you're vacuuming a lot more because you're in your house all the time, then you need your um Your vacuum Hoover cleaner. Bags. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so El Giganten's always been open. But like I said, El Giganten is not the premier place you would go to get games. Yes, they tend to be quite cheaper because it's a big box retailer... But they've never been the place. As I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, GameStop has uh, officially closed all its stores now within Denmark. So GameStop is no longer an option for me. Yeah, even that though... was the place, wasn't it? They always seem to do... Actually, they've been a bit empty, haven't they? Well, not not just recently, because of course they have. But um, yeah, I do remember a time, though, when it was 
pretty popular still. I mean, I would back when we, I was living in Denmark. I would always see people in GameStop. Like, I don't yeah. think there's a time where you go there and it's completely empty. But to be honest with you, like they they've been getting a lot more into like Pop Final and stuff as I hear as GameStop in America, like Pop Final and like video game merchandise and stuff. But then mm. they're trying to charge the prices that you would charge for their video games, which tend to be on the higher end of the RRP. Um, yeah. And so, to be honest with you, it was always my last port of call. For things like Persona, I knew I would have to go to GameStop because I knew nowhere else was going to get in a niche RPG. The yeah, not editions, many options. Yeah. I knew I had to go to GameStop, everything else. Can't and go to CX, can you? No, I can't. Get it isn't it. An option. Well, I know that's not for brand new games, but still, it was a good. It's still a good place to go to find uh, pre-owned stuff, especially. Yeah. Stuff, yeah, even though they would mm. be expensive, but they, they are no more. Um, which meant that, generally speaking, anywhere to buy new games now is the internet, which is a bit of a shocker for me. Like, yes, you can get something in supermarkets here, but again, it's the same stuff I would get in El Gigante. So, where would you find yourself first. going on the internet? you think nowadays in I, denmark is there a danish retailer online uh, uh cool shop cool shop seems yeah, to be the okay. one that people have recommended since i mean i could order stuff from amazon but the issue with amazon is a they won't dispatch it until the same day they do in the uk which means i get the game late but b i also get taxed and then i need to pay postage so it would always be more expensive usually than it would be in denmark yeah. unless i had a good yeah. price um yeah so that meant that all my options for buying new video games is out the window. And then, unfortunately, uh, one or two of the retro game stores here have been affected by this. Uh, most notably, Epic Panda, which is the shop that you and I used to go to quite a lot in Aarhus. That's right. Many fun memories. We've spoken about it before. Yeah. Um, I've spoken about it in pickup videos uh, in the past. Yeah, unfortunately, they, they, they are no more. They've gone bankrupt. They had a bankruptcy sale um, yesterday so that's that's sad because they, they were very dedicated to their uh the following because yeah. not only did they sell video games in their stores they also uh, put on um competitions uh for for games yes yeah. pokemon trading card game and i assume something like magic also i mean they also covered lots of um trading card games and board games yeah. and stuff like they had a bit of everything and mm. from what i understand there were two places in Aarhus where you could go and play like Magic or Pokemon cards, and the other right. place is super serious. Whereas like they were just quite laid back about everything and yeah, very welcoming. You know, um, especially with Pokemon because all ages enjoy that game. Exactly, so it's a nice um, environment, isn't it? Not too serious, as you say. And they would they would have like tournaments and stuff, and they would also have like days on Sunday where they were like, "Hey, we're going to play this very popular board game. Come along, and we'll teach you how to play it." and they seem very community focused, which is a shame that they've now gone under. Um, so I went there. They, as you would imagine, on a clearing out sale, we weren't the first ones there because we don't live in the city. So a lot of the stock was already gone by the time we got there. Lots of like common N64 titles at good prices. Lots of PS2 games that if you were just starting a PS2 collection would be great, like the Final Fantasies and this kind of stuff. But like nothing that really stood out to me as like, oh my God, I need to buy this game. I ended up picking up two box Game Boy Advance games because they were 20 kroner each, which was... And what were they, Matthew? God. Um, all Grown Up, uh, the the Rugrats uh, Game Boy Advance game. And also... Could be a good game. Who knows? It might be. Do you probably know? not. And also uh, an NFL American football game 
Oh, dear. It's like NFL Kids or something like that. It's a US release, but I'm <laughs> NFL always... NFL Kids. I'm always sceptical <laughs> with US releases of Game Boy Advance games because there's a lot more pirate US carts yeah. than there are But this is a box, looks legit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's got an official, like... You know the same way hats have that little, um, like, hollow logo on for like yeah, american yeah. football it's stuff. got the nfl one yeah, yeah it's got one of those on it so it's legit tom it's foiled. great well you can comfort yourself with that you have a legit copy of nfl yeah juniors or whatever it's called yeah well i mean i picked those up and i was like well okay i'm not it's not street is it it's not nfl street no it isn't okay, okay. or it might be i don't know um anyway i i ended up then just kind of like leaving and was like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go. And then the guy was like, oh, yeah, he goes, well, he said, before you go, he said, we've got a load of board games at the back. If you want to have a look at those, he said, um, anything that was supposed to be over uh, under 50 quid is now a tenner. And anything over that is only 20. And so he was like, and also we've got three for two on. So he said, obviously, like buy three board games for 20 quid. And I was like, yeah. OK, I'll go have a look. Uh, ended up picking up some board games. Nothing that I think anyone on this podcast is going to know or relate to or be blown away by. To be honest, mostly expansion stuff for board games I want that I was like, well, I'll pick this expansion up because it's almost as expensive as the board game itself. Um, but then when I was chatting to him, he's like, oh, this is like, thank you for buying these board games. It's greatly appreciated. And he said, we've made, because we were quick enough to realize that we would become redundant from this we actually managed to get a good um a lawyer to take care of our redundancy and because we've done everything by the books and everything he said essentially we got a good price which means everything we sell yeah we will we will get money back against us for debt so he was just like every every crown accounts towards us potentially being able to reopen again one day and then I was like, if that's the case, give me that box stack razor. Uh, so I bought a copy of Act Razor, which is a, a game I absolutely love. Um, a box Act Razor, Matthew. Okay, yes. so what do those go for nowadays? Do you want to talk about that? Um, no, it wasn't that expensive. Um, I, I think I only paid yeah. about 30 quid for it. Like, it was okay. it was a relatively good price. Like, they, they had it, I think they had it marked at like six 700, and then I got it half price, so... I just know that sometimes with some of their box stuff, it can be quite expensive. Some of their but... box stuff can be quite expensive. To be honest with you, I was hoping they had some of their box Game Boy stuff. I know they have in their Herning store there because I've seen that they had a very big boxed Game Boy collection, but the prices were way too high for me. A bit too rich for my blood. Yeah. But they didn't have it. And he said, like, eventually he said that we will open the Herning store and we'll clear out. So I may have to take a day trip up there when they do that. Uh yeah, so I got those. That was great. Like I was like, okay, I'm happy. Uh, we then went to a place called Bog Central Inn, which is a like a secondhand store where people trade stuff in. And, and Bog is book, isn't it? Yes. So there are non-Danish listeners. Yeah, thank you uh, for saying pr- that. Pronounce it a bit differently, though, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, not, not Bog. B O G. So Bo 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 yeah. Central Inn. Um, yeah. No emphasis on the G. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we went there. And I had a look around. They have a great selection of English books these days, so I was having a look. And I was also curious to see, had the thing that would probably happen in the UK happened here, where everyone had bought the stock from Epic Panda and then gone and traded it in there for more profit, potentially. Uh Didn't seem to be the case. However, 
as I've noticed in other second-hand stores here at the moment, because people are stuck in their house, people yeah. are cleaning out their cupboards, and therefore people oh. are taking stuff yeah. to places like this to sell. Which meant they actually had a massive collection of Master System, Game Gear, and also Game Boy games. I was like, oh, nice. amazing. Um I ended up picking up Thomas. Wait for this. This is going to blow your socks off. Um, okay. Barbie and the 12 Pegasus. Oh, what's that off for? That's a oh. Game Boy Advance oh. game. Of course um, it is. It sounds like one. Yeah, it, it's actually by way forward, and it's almost Metroidvania, which I've, I've been curious about for a while. They actually are... Like... Oh, yeah, okay. Didn't, did Way Forward do that Sabrina game as well? They did, yeah. They did. Yeah, okay. Uh, zapped and spooked two games I highly yes. recommend yes two um, sorry but the game you would actually give a damn about was I, I managed to pick up a copy of uh, Sonic Triple Trouble for the Game Gear uh, wow was it boxed it was not boxed oh but it, it yeah, yeah you, you did well that would have been very lucky if you found a boxed one yes I think I've been a bit, bit, bit slightly jealous slightly, it would just a little bit I didn't you know <laughs> but I, I I paid I paid four quid for a copy of Triple Trouble Four quid. Four pounds. That that's good. Uh, I have triple trouble with the manual, but not the box. Yeah. No, I. It's a Sonic game I've long been curious about. I actually, as you know, I like Sonic Chaos. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll grab this while it's here. More, Four quid. More, more of that. More of that. Kind <laughs> Ironically, of there were other Game Gear games there that were more than four pound that shouldn't have been, like Lemmings, and I was just like. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad whoever wow. priced these didn't do their job properly. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, Triple Trouble is interesting one. You can get a copy in Germany here on eBay for seventeen pounds fifty-five pence with six pound fourteen postage. That also comes with the manual. Not too bad. Maybe about what I paid for it. Yeah. It's in a, yeah. Although somewhere up here, someone's asking for forty pounds for just a cartridge. I don't think they'll sell that. Someone forty-five pounds for Triple Trouble and Sonic Two for Game Gear. Yeah. Uh, Japanese copy for eighteen pounds three fifty. Yeah. Well, obviously, you got a good deal. Four quid was a bargain. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, yeah. cool. I'll take that. Um, yeah. Was that the European copy or the? Um, it was the American? US copy. It was. The, it was the US copy. That's yes. interesting. Um, weirdly, the, pink, the pink on the label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually the only mm. US Game Gear game I I own now. But I was like, hey, four quid. Like I said, can't complain. Enjoy. You got a Game Gear? I do have a Game Gear. Yeah, I've I've had one for ages. Um, good, good. And it works okay. Yeah, no, it's I I I bought it from um, Super Tomato in Cardiff, um, a retro retailer there. Uh, friends with Tom, the owner. Full disclosure, but I. I got a recapped one. Um, it was all ah oh, nice, yes, all well, well that's and what good. You want, really, isn't it? Nice backlight and stuff put into it. It's, it's all, it's all good. It works fine. Um, yeah, so nice. Could not be happier with that, Tom. So yeah, I, I will eventually get around to playing Triple Trouble. And I'll let you know what I think because okay. I've long been curious. I shall play it again myself to remind myself of it. Not played it for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for me. Uh, it's just sad. Like, unfortunately, this means yeah, that... It's, uh, yeah, it's quite quite a sad story, that. As I say, it was a nice place to go and get games. Or just to... We did a Pokemon thing there event once. Yeah, I remember. You yeah, going very, up and doing that. Very pleasant. 
I, like yeah. I said, I liked the shop. I said to the guy, I was just like, oh, I'm really sorry that this happened. Like, I liked coming in here. Like, I would always go there every time I went to Aarhus. Like, pulling out those baskets full of games. Yeah, exactly. Having a rough Remember the baskets? Buying some of their crap <laughs> Game Boy Advance games that clearly no one else wanted because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but, you know, so it goes. Yeah. Uh, I've been buying some stuff. Uh, not, not physical, but uh, digital. Uh, Nintendo have got some, well, some games I was interested in on sale for Switch. So I picked up Wonder Boy, what's it called? Remixed? You know that remake of Wonder Boy? I can't even remember what it's, it's called. It's Dragon's Trap, isn't it? No, 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 Monster no, no. World. It's the original Wonder Boy. Oh, okay. I haven't even seen that. Uh, I'm just going to look up on, on my Switch now. I'll turn the volume down. Uh, so we can find out what it is I picked up. Wonder Boy Returns Remix. So this is a redone version of the original uh, Wonder Boy uh, with some nice uh, hand-drawn type graphics. Gameplay remains very much like the original Wonder Boy. You know, keep that momentum up, keep running like obviously Adventure, Island, Adventure Island for those Island, I was gonna say, who, yeah. who played that. Eat the fruit, uh, don't die. <laughs> Good advice for everyone, <laughs> eat the fruit, don't die. It's 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 a good uh, pick up and play game. Uh, that was very cheap. Well, it wasn't the cheapest. That was about five pounds. But then I picked up uh, the cheapest would have been eighty four pence for a game called Whipsy and the Lost Atlas. Okay. So Whipsy is a bit like Kirby, but you got a whip. Okay. And he's pink. And uh, maybe I'm going to show Matt on the camera. You put it right in the screen my... glare from your window. If you move it to the left, Tom, well, I can see. Okay, I can if, make if out a pink look, blob. Look it up online. Look it up online. I pink can make blob. out a pink blob. A bit like okay. Kirby. I've heard it's short. I've heard it's about 45 minutes long. 84p. Um, yeah, fine. It plays very well. It's got some nice music, nice uh, pixel art, uh, solid gameplay. Um, Whipsy kind of whips forward with a little ball and a chain type thing. He's very cute. It sounds yeah. very violent, but he's, he's very cute. Uh, also, you can use it as a sort of lasso to hover. You can yeah. press a button in a the jump button again in the air, sort of like hover, a bit like Yoshi maybe. Does, Yoshi's a, Island. does a man ever um, appear on screen and go whipsie, whipsie? Um, not yet. That's a shame because, uh, of course, I haven't finished it. It's forty-five minutes long. I haven't finished it. <laughs> okay. But uh, I did have a quick go. It's because I got so much. I got Venture Kid, which is a bit like Mega Man, but easier. Um, right, as opposed to Gumvolt, um, which is Mega Man but harder. Yeah, he does still have some challenge, but it's very much in the Mega Man vein. Also, Pipe Push Paradise, uh, which yeah. is a great bit of alliteration there. But that's um, got a nice art style, nice music, and it's like um, Pipe Mania, was it? Was it called Pipe yeah, Mania? Yeah, Pipe Mania. Yeah, yeah. Pipe Dream. No, I think it was called Pipe it, Dream. It depends what country you're in. It's the game where the pipes and you make of... you make a thing to a drain, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's basically like that. So it's good pick up and play, which is mostly these the kind of games I like to play, especially on the Switch. You yeah. Know? Not, not not big older games because I never I rarely finish long adventure type games. So pick up and play uh, even seems more appropriate on the Switch. Also, um, Crazy Climber, which is a very early arcade game. Um, where you climb a building and you have to use your uh, analog sticks to sort of move your arms in a rhythm and climb up a building and right. avoid uh, things that fall. I've always thought that would be a great concept for a video game. And uh, lo and behold, it's been done a very long time ago. And 
yeah, playing it now, it's oh, it certainly shows its age, but it's certainly unique too. I do struggle with the controls sometimes, moving left to right. Sometimes um, I find very difficult to do, and I'm not sure why exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you do have to, there's a bit of a learning curve there to getting used to the, the controls, but it's a good, uh, more unique arcade game. And uh, lastly, uh, Double Dragon, uh, the original arcade game, was yeah. also on offer. Uh, both Crazy Climber and Double Dragon were uh, hamster arcade archives uh, versions of the game, so always quite fully featured and solid uh, emulations of the original games. Yeah. And one I haven't played yet, so I thought I had to, didn't have any more then. They were so cheap. 20 quid uh, for all this, you know. Uh, Battle Sloths. Right. Battle Sloths is apparently quite a well-reviewed uh, multiplayer sort of arena-based battling game with pixel art. I think I might have heard of it. Yeah. 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 So it has a very um, convincing advert, live-action advert, like it was uh, with a real VHS 80s aesthetic. Oh, they tried and, to do that uh, with moving out, by the way, and it didn't really work. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, I think Battle Sloth really sold, sold me, uh, that ad did. So, um, and then looking up, I found out it was quite well received on Steam originally. Yeah. So, yeah, plenty of um, stuff filling up Switch with plenty of little games. I would say filling it up because all these games are like next to nothing in file size. It's yeah, just, I can uh, imagine they'd be quite small. Yeah, so a lot of Switch stuff lately, which is good because I got myself a Switch Pro controller. Nice. Uh, I've been wanting to get one of those for a while. Yeah, it it was forty pounds second hand, I think, which is better than paying what uh, fifty five to sixty. I think it's fifty five on Amazon. Yeah, and it's, it seems quite pricey. Saw... It was always too much. I never wanted to spend more than forty on it, so happy I got that. There's a hoary one as well, right? Like, I've seen the wired hoary one. Yeah, I've seen that quite a bit, and that's only about thirty quid. I've been curious about that. I've also seen that yeah. there this... are like almost, I guess, this Smash Brothers themed controllers where they have like aesthetic controllers that are yeah. They look like the There's Pro a Splatoon they... one and Smash Brothers. Well, no, Pro I mean, controllers. I saw a I saw a Samus one. This made oh. by Hori. Okay, cool. So, what kind of design is that? Is it that looks like to the Samus Aran. More like GameCube. It's um. Oh, right. It looks like the Pro Controller, but the the front of it and the back of it is all like oh, I think red I, I think chrome. The ones you mean? And then like an orange yeah, chrome on yeah. the side. It looked quite cool, but I was like, oh man, a they're chrome officially controller. branded. I, I I'm trying to think of the, the the manufacturer of them, but yeah, they're, they're pretty good controllers actually. It looked really nice. I just I was afraid that if I bought it and if I used it, would I just have marks all over it because it's fucking chrome. Power A. If it's chrome silvery, the, then you're usually rubbing off the um, the chrome the paint. Yeah, this point. is what yeah. I was thinking. Uh, uh, Power uh, Power A is the manufacturer of those. Power A, absolutely. I've um, used their fighting controller for the Xbox One. I yeah. did a little video on it over on Blast Process. They they do make high quality controllers. I mean, it, it looked perfectly fine. Like the build quality yeah. and like the weight of it and stuff was good. I was just very yeah. worried. I would say it looks more like an Xbox 360 controller, which is yeah, pretty much like a Pro controller, I guess. Yeah, and the Pro Controller, actually having one now and using it for a length of time, it's very good. I mean, it's 
effectively perfect controller. It's incredibly comfortable. Um, yeah. It's the right kind of size. It's smaller than a lot of other controllers, actually. Right. But it's just like a good fit in the hand. Um, this one I bought secondhand, though, sadly. Um, the um, Where the Y button was in the shaft underneath the button, where the button's placed, there yeah. was something sticky, causing the Y button to stick. Oh, right? no. Uh, perfectly, perfectly usable, yeah. but it didn't feel the same when pressing it. Yeah. Matt sent me a picture of this. It's very nice. The, it is a beautiful uh, controller. controller. How did you fix that? Um, did you have to just like... How did I fix it? Well, I had to take apart Switch Pro Controller. For those who want to know how to do that, look at the bottoms of the handles and the screws are in there. Two screws there. Okay. And plenty more screws inside. I can imagine. Uh, so I had to take the... Th- yeah. had to take the thing apart, but then I usually just uh, clean, clean the shaft. Hey. <laughs> Love saying shaft. Um, and that was it. I just need to put it back together. And a lot of videos online, I'll show you how to take it apart. But no, it won't necessarily show you to put it back together, which in practice is a little bit different than taking it apart. Yeah. Um, especially if something falls out and you can't quite remember where it was. But luckily, the um, the way it's designed, only certain buttons will fit in certain parts of the controller. So oh, you can't clever. actually really mix stuff up too too much. For... There's, there's some padding on the uh, home button, uh, which I had upside down at first. Okay. meant that the home button wasn't pressing properly, so... Just be careful when you take them apart to remember what went where. Yeah. Of course you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would. <laughs> uh, but it's a... Uh, can't uh, say enough good things about that. Also picked up uh, from YCC team. I'll show Matt the, the box on a little yeah. camera here so he knows what we're talking about. But this is 4K YCC Ultra team. Yeah. This is a effectively a dock um, for the Switch. Right. Um, so you can plug it into another monitor and i needed something really in the other room i didn't want to have to keep fiddling around the back of my tv when i want to record gameplay footage yeah. from a switch it's a bit of a, a hassle to be honest the amount of hdmi leads i've gotten and such yeah that's why so i'm very this happy is to have that great. second dock now because that's just gone yeah things. yeah yeah so this is a fraction of the price this is 30 pounds for this um and it works exactly the same it has there's no complication in setting it up. You just need to make sure you've got a compatible power supply because not all power supplies, USB-C power supplies, will actually uh, power a dock-like device no. like this. Um, so I will recommend the Venom power supply, uh, which works with all Switch models and is enough power to yeah. power a dock to get your switch displaying on a on a, on a TV monitor. That's cool. I've got um I got a USB uh C like to USB two well mm. 3.0 I think it is that cost me a small fortune when the switch came out because there weren't a lot of third party chargers available and USB C was quite new. A thing yeah. I found a lot of issue with though with that is um so I played um I'm Sesuna. Uh, on the plane home from Japan when we went like three years ago at this point, I guess. And the the USB in the aircraft wasn't powerful enough to charge the Switch. I could play on it. Like, it was powerful enough to keep a charge in the console, but it wasn't powerful enough to charge right. the console. Okay. That time I beat... That's either the, the, the plane or, or, the, or the plug, though. It no, it, the... the plug is... Honestly, the plug is fine. Like, oh, I it can, charges elsewhere. I can elsewhere, plug it yeah. into most things, but yeah, unfortunately, I learned the hard way that not all USBs in public are created equal for charging. No. Hmm. 
Okay. Uh, but that that plug was just eleven pounds because it's it was it was a return. Um, On Amazon. Usually these sort of plugs are a bit more expensive, but Amazon warehouse return eleven pounds, fraction of the price, forty quid explain? all in uh, for for a dock basically with power Isn't supply. Isn't like the dock itself though only like eighty quid? I know it's half price, but the dock like eighty quid. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still half price though. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay eighty know. quid where I can get something for forty quid. That's fair. I mean, that's like fair. I'm not gonna buy a pro controller for fifty-five, sixty quid where I can get one for forty quid. I mean, in all fairness to you, let's be honest to you, the Switch is probably the one of the biggest selling consoles of all time at this point because of how much, like it's in such demand at the moment. You can't get one. I imagine yeah. docks are gonna be dime a dozen in a couple of years anyway. So just pick up an official one later. Uh... I don't know. This this works really well. It doesn't take up the space that a, a dock does. So I'm, Honestly, I'm very I, happy with this. Actually. I like the dock, though. I, I think the dock is a really good solution. I think it's a cool solution. thing. I think it's great. But I, I, I've got a dock, and that's with my TV in the room, and uh, I didn't really, really need another one for just recording gameplay for you. Hey, man, had I not bought another Switch, I would never have got another dock. It's been, lo- it's been <laughs> something I'd looked into because I was thinking, well, when I go back to Wales, wouldn't it be nice... Just to have something so I can plug this into the TV and like play games with my parents, like Jackbox and stuff. But don't yeah. need it; it's fine. No, um, but this one's also more portable than a, than a Switch dock as well, which uh, is quite nice. Lovely. I do. Lovely. Yeah. Have you done your research though? Because I have heard horror stories of third-party docks, which is my only. I've heard horror stories of third-party docks, uh, but uh, this one is uh, is apparently. Fine. That's good. I mean, there are good ones. Like, yeah. I'm not saying there isn't. I'm just saying, be careful, Tom. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did. This is a nice, solid, weighty, uh, metallic uh, box. Uh, it certainly feels quality. From the reviews as well, it's the one to get. Basically, yeah. It uh, does a job, whereas some others don't. That's cool. Unfortunately, if I if I needed one, yes. maybe I would pick one up. Yes, I can recommend that. Um, I've been playing a couple of things on live streams. Um, not much time left to talk about them, but I've been playing um, Crackdown Three, Dead Rising Three, and I've mentioned previously I played Streets of Rage Three. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I decided to start playing games, streaming games with three in the title. Fair enough. Is that something you're going to keep? Are you going to do <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Three? Are you going to do uh, uh, Need for Speed? Well, 3? I want to do Sonic Three. Yeah. Sonic 3, uh, Halo 3, Gears of War 3. Double Dragon 3. Mega Man 3. Um, There are many games, Um, Tom. Dark Souls 3. (laughs) God of War 3. There are many games. The third installments in franchises, yeah. Uh, At the moment, I'm using the inbuilt uh, streaming apps that are available on PS4 and uh, Xbox One. I haven't got it all set up to... uh, you know, use OBS and uh, game capture and all this yeah. uh, to just stream anything. I wish the Switch actually had inbuilt streaming capabilities. You know, the ability to have a Twitch app yeah, on there yeah. or YouTube. Actually, it's got YouTube, but then you can't stream. No, you can't. I don't think. I mean, to be honest with you, streaming um, is something I would like to do because obviously I spend a lot of time making the biographics before people actually see them. My issue is, as yeah. you know, though, my Mac is super temperamental. I need to get a new Mac. I may actually yeah. start looking into that in the next day, in the coming days. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's put the effort in, put the time in, and you can stream anything yeah, effectively yeah. if you've got the right software to do it. But uh, I'm focusing on PS4 and Xbox One, so anything that's available on those consoles, or even Xbox 360, which is how I did Street Rage 
Sweets sweet to wage, three. Sweets of wage, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so doing a bit of that. Crackdown 3, by the way, is pretty underwhelming. Yeah, this is um, what I hear. It's, it plays solid, it's just it's nothing new. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it's a really solidly made kind of fun game, but there's not much to it. It's, it's sort of like a, a little bland. Yeah. And I wonder if they got Terry Crews in there later, after the fact, to inject some personality into it. Yeah. Because um, he's not actually used much in-game. There's a likeness of the character, but then you don't have to play as him. Yeah, either. no, I hear this. Um, he is in the intro, which is a very nice-looking introduction sequence to the game, where he does his usual stuff, and obviously he's quite a fun personality. Yeah, yeah. But actually, with, within the game, he'll, he'll come out with a couple of quips every now and again, but he doesn't actually say a lot, and he doesn't really feel like you're playing as Terry Crews. Yeah. In any real sense. Yeah. No. Um, I, it feels like an older that. game. It feels like a game of the last generation. It feels very much... Because for those who play Crackdown, you know, it's like GTA, but you've got, like, superhuman powers, and uh, you can jump really high and, uh, yeah, throw massive rocks. But then you're in this big city, you drive around in vehicles and take down yeah. crime. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I hear it's very close to, like, Crackdown 1, right? They try to, like, strip it, it is, back. It is, yeah. But, like, that's... But then it's sort of like, why bother? Yeah. We've got Crackdown 1. This, so far, doesn't... I mean, apart from being very user-friendly... Yeah. Um, and very approachable, very easy to pick up. It, yeah, I... Uh, I think I it, don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't taken with it. No, really. I. I don't hear good things. I, at some point, I think it's just probably sunk cost, right? They've been developing that game for almost what, fucking six, seven years so. or something. So yeah, let's yeah. see. Oh well. But it's not a bad game. I like to stress, though. It's not like it's not terrible, but it's bad not great. About right? it. like that's it's the just, thing. It's just good. Like, and who wants good. good anymore in a world where we have a million, like an abundance of choice? Yeah. Oh well. I say it just needs a bit more personality, and then it would be. Um, well, that's a shame because Crackdown had tons of personality, but like games have moved on since then. Like, <laughs> what passed for personality in like two thousand and six isn't personality anymore. No, um, I tell you what's full of sort of personality is De- uh, Dead Rising Three, uh, launch title for Xbox One. But yeah. it still holds up pretty well. Yeah, I um, can imagine. It's very, it's very violent though. Yeah, I mean, Dead no. Rising was always more violent, but. There's something about three. It's still got the humour, but it's definitely got a more edgy presentation. It's sort of taking influence from Walking Dead. It's developed by I Capcom think. USA, I think, might be the, the answer. It is, to that. and they, yeah. they did Dead Rising 2, which I absolutely love. Um, yeah. But this feels, gameplay wise, it's similar. It's open, more open world, though, yeah, yeah. than the combined space of a, just one area. Yeah, and it's got a more linear sort of progression. You move from area to area in a, in a very much story-like way, with cutscenes and such. And it hasn't got that same routine um, as you would have in the the older Dead Rising games. Did you but use your snap map? It, it, Did you get out your tablet and have your device hooked up and everything else? Uh, none of that. No. No. Do you not remember that was a big thing that Microsoft and they pitched the. The Xbox One, because they were like, you can literally stream it to your tablet, and your tablet will have a map and all this other stuff. Oh, right, yeah. Well, it is obvious that Dead Rising 3 does actually take advantage of certain capabilities of the Xbox One. Like, it uses Connect heavily. Yeah. 
Like, even just doing the stream, I was saying things and the connect was recognizing it as some sort of bring up the menu or yeah. uh, do this, do that. You can actually say things like reload your gun or whatever, and uh, it does it. <laughs> That's cool. But uh, yeah, I think we forget sometimes that uh, they really integrated a lot of that functionality into those early Xbox One games. Yeah, they did. We took advantage of the fact that the console came with the camera, so everyone was effectively going to have one. And later on down the line, not everyone did. I don't know even if my one came with one. I don't know if I ever connect for the Xbox One. Hmm. They're, they're relatively cheap to pick up. I got mine. Funny that. Quite cheap. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a nice thing to have. There are some Kinect games on Xbox One. Yeah, like Steel Battalion. <laughs> There's more... There's more no, than I, that. I, I've um, been curious about playing Red Dragon, even though I hear it isn't as good as any Panzer Dragoon. I've long been curious about playing the, the Swery game that was never finished, the episodic one. Oh, yeah. There, that one I can't remember yeah, the title of. It, Death D, Dies Twice? Die Twice. Yeah. Flip. What's it called? Can't remember. But if you find a connect cheap, you know... It's kind of a bit creepy, though, as they stare back at you with these three red lights and, uh, yeah, know everything you're saying. Did you ever... It's more scary than a PlayStation camera. It just looks mean, the yeah. Connect. I think. Did you ever tell <laughs> it to and... close the pod bay doors and it didn't answer and said, I can't do that, Tom? <laughs> uh, I've asked it a lot of things, yeah. D4 things can do, is the name of the game. Can't. D4, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, dark, dark dreams, dreams die. don't die. Don't die, right? Dark dreams don't die. Remember that. Deadly Premonition Two's coming out on the Switch, Tom. Yeah, it's like it, is. it might even be out. I know the first one is. Yeah, good old Deadly Premonition, a game that again I've played about an hour or two of. A, but... a game I own on two consoles, and yet I've never completed. I got it on the I got it on the PS3, and I've got it on the the Xbox 360. Because they released what that I remember director's that game. cut. Which is the yes, one that's, that's on the right. Switch. Yeah, now. I've got that. I've got it on PS3 Director's Cut. I've got the original Xbox 360 one. They downloaded Director's Cut on PS3. Yeah. So I don't think I'm in need of a Switch copy as well. No, me neither. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'm... I'd actually get around to playing it at some point. That, I wonder if like the original 360 copy of that game has held its value now that it's been re released everywhere. Because, I mean. No. Nah, nah. It was a very rare game. There was, effect... a, there was a big demand for that game at the time. It was a budget yeah. title. Rising Star put it out. And yeah. I, I managed to get it relatively early on because I just saw it in Morrison's and was like, oh, wow, that looks. What the hell is that? Remember the remember the era where we still got like budget games? No, it hasn't held its value. It's only yeah. like a tenner to buy a three sixty copy. Do you remember the era of B B tier games? Yeah. And how fun that was! Yeah, would you say um, what's it called? Demon Souls was in that sort of. No, I I wouldn't because it was a From Software. Oh, actually, maybe. I mean, it was a From Software game, so like, they they games who always had a more level of polish but yeah i would say armored core is part of that b tier game isn't it let's be honest so yeah uh deadly premonition for the ps3 the director's cut physical copies around about 30 quid mark really hmm. yeah um although i have it digitally uh, yeah. but yeah interesting 
30, 35, yeah, that's held its value, but okay. the original Xbox version hasn't. And, of course, you can pick up Deadly Premonition for the Switch. From... Oh, Numskull published that. Did you know that? Numskull. No, the, I didn't. Uh, the, a lot of merchandise. The maker of fine socks and... and ties and everything else. And Christmas jumpers. Sorry? They make oh, socks yeah, yeah. They and do, they Christmas do a lot of stuff, stuff for yeah. a lot of different franchises. Um, but they also publish games, and they publish Deadly Premonition Origins. Cool. For the Switch, which is about 30 quid. I don't know how much it is to download. But Deadly Premonition is something uh, worth checking out if you like uh, quirky games. And if you enjoy Twin Peaks, then get a kick out of that. Had I not already (laughs) got a billion games on my plate, maybe I'd I'd look into playing Deadly Premonition again. Uh, How's that? Before we finish up, Matt, how's Shamu going? I haven't touched it. I haven't had time. (gasps) I've been too busy this week. Honestly, like, I've... All of my gaming has been, I'll play a quick 10 minutes of Animal Crossing. Like, that has been my yeah. gaming for most of this week. And I played Final Fantasy fourteen for all of half an hour to log in and get something. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm going get, gonna to get on Shenmue. Unfortunately, though, Tom, it's May, which, as you generally know, means that I'll it probably be May, making yeah. some videos for Biographic. So, Ah, that's right. Tis the month, Tom, and now I cover game by cover, I can also do an old May favourite on Biographic. I'm going to tease it here. The original May thing, Tom Parry, before May Forward. Mega Me. Mega Man? I have two Mega Man games for the game by colour. Is this why you've mentioned... No, actually, I mentioned Mega Man. You were the one who brought it up. I haven't touched touched Mega Man (laughs) Extreme You did say you could play Mega Man 3. I did, yeah, but unfortunately Mega Man Extreme is only one and two. There isn't a third extreme game on the Game Boy Color. Uh, I could play, you know, I could play Mega Man 3 because I've got it on Xbox One on the Legacy Collection. It's quite hard mm. from what I remember. It's one of the harder ones. Mm. Yeah. It's the la- mm, in my opinion, the last of the Mega good Man. ones. I think, I think there's... Dimin- and with that bold statement... Yeah, I think there's diminishing <laughs> returns after three. I don't think, I don't think four, four, five, and six are as strong as Mega Man 1, 2, and 3. I think that's a common uh, opinion, though, isn't it? I think it's just maybe just a fact. <laughs> yeah, I mean, six has got some interesting stuff in it. So has five. Four's, four's a bit all over the place, but I love some of the bosses, like Napalm Man. Anyway. What about eight? Don't talk about eight. Anyway, <laughs> um, if you've liked this podcast, you can find it in a variety of places, uh, such as on blastprocess.com, tomamattack.com, forward slash podcast, and iTunes and Stitcher. While you're in iTunes, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe and let us know you're listening. You can also find us as people in a variety of places, such as on facebook.com forward slash tomamattack, on Twitter at TMACast, Tom at TomParry11, and myself at GameBoyle. Tom, are you going to be doing any more other than these streams of Games with 3? Will there be a Streets of Rage 4 video this week? Uh, Streets of Rage 4 will be featured in some capacity over on Blast Process, uh, Blast Process's YouTube channel. Yeah. Or you can just go to blastprocess.com where you can find this podcast, as you've mentioned, and I'm repeating myself. But uh, do uh, um, try and follow me on Twitch uh, if, you, if you're so interested. It's Toodlebug500. I have one follower uh, at the moment, so... Uh, yeah. Early days, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. You've got to build that audience, mate. It doesn't. Come I should to you. probably start telling people when I'm streaming. Probably but, uh, a good idea. I can't Pro- think that far ahead. I I hear having a schedule <laughs> helps with the the old streaming thing. Anyway, a- 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 apparently it does. But uh, yeah, there's lots of coming on the Blast Process YouTube channel. We're trying to get up to four thousand subscribers because we got a little special video. 
yeah. uh, in, in the wings for when we hit 4,000. So if you haven't subscribed to Blast Process YouTube, then please do. You can see videos. Uh, if you like games, I think it's well worth you. Uh, games, games, well, games, Well, you can games, see games, videos. Games. I'm selling it, aren't I? Videos of games and comics and toys and yeah. such. I and mean, a few old podcasts are up there too. Yeah, I'm sure there are. I mean, if if you like Game Boy stuff as well, and for some reason you haven't, uh, also check out uh, Biographic. Uh, I'm. We've got lots. We got hands in all the pies. Exactly. We got all these things. I, I did a video on Heisei Tensai Bokabon. Uh, you should check out, which is a you Japanese sure did. game. Did you watch it? Not yet. Oh, some Harry. <laughs> you should check it out. I, I think, watched the other one. I think you'd be. Interested. I, I do want to watch it. I, just, I think you'd be interested in the Famicom game of Heisei Tensai Bokabon. I'll watch it this time um, next week when we talk when we chat again. I'll have watched it. Cool. Let me know when you're streaming Streets of Rage four, and I will I will get on there. Or Mega Man three. I I'll be in your Twitch chat for Mega Man three. Okay. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate. Yes, it. I try my best. Okay, and that's the end of the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and until next week, be sure as always to game on. Game on. <laughs>